Hello, Marvelites. You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 604. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Angelique Brochet, a.k.a. We'll figure that out later. Yeah, Angelique, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know Lorraine would say thank you for farting on her seat, keeping it warm for her. You know, look, I'm here to do my solemn duty mm-hmm. in keeping this chair warm because I've been entrusted with something that is precious. This is This Week in Marvel. Like, everybody loves this show. I listen to you, and now here I am. Here folks listening are. to me. Yeah, but if they don't know your voice, where else would they have heard you or read your work or seen you? Yeah, Ryan's and folks probably have seen me uh, on some red carpets. We've done some things together. You know, I've done some stuff for Let's Play. But also, I'm the host of Marvel's Voices, um, which we're really excited. we got another season coming out this year. And one of the co-hosts of Women of Marvel, as well as uh, the consulting editor for the Marvel's Voices anthologies. And I'm writing a little book called My Superhero is Black. A couple things. You're in, you're in many places, and we are thankful that you are in this place. We used to do a Twitter live show together, which was chaos and calamity, the as much as chaos. we can make it. So we're going to bring some of that energy to the show over these uh, these next couple months, because this is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever the flip we're excited about. I One thing I got to say, so... I drive and I curse a lot. I curse a lot when I drive. And so my three and a half year old Catherine has um, mimicked that. So she'll say, you bleeping uh, ding dongs. And so I now have to pull back. And so I'm saying you flooping, flooping. I'm turning into the new word. And uh, so if I, if I put flooping into my my speech, it's because I'm trying to train myself not to say a swear word that my three and a half year old will mimic. Uh, well done. I also like flarking. Ooh, flarking is good. Yeah. It's great. Thanks to the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like what the flark. Mm-hmm. It's one of my, my new favorite ones. Um, speaking of games, men, we have a ton of mm-hmm. exciting mm-hmm. news to share. Uh, so hold on to your hats, your seats, your chairs. Um, I don't know, your floors? Can they hold on to floors? Yes, hold on to your floors. This week, we're talking with Mike Mulvihill, who is the Game Development Manager at Ravensburger, North America, all about Marvel Villainous, which is super, super cool. What we try to tell people is, dude, embrace your villain. Come on. You know, where you're Doc Ock, play Doc Ock. Play, you know, Modoc. Play Titania. You know, Titania just wants to punch things. Play her and punch things. And stay tuned. After Mike's interview, we will give you all of the details for this week in Marvel. Robinsburger sweepstakes, which, you know, free things. Gotta mm-hmm. love it. So we've got some terrific prizes. So don't miss out on that chance to win. Yeah. But look, we've got so many new voices and extra voices on the show this week. We've got an interview here in the news section with the CEO of Story Toys, the developers of our brand new Marvel HQ app. That is Emmett O'Neill. Marvel HQ is our go-to family platform for video and educational content, comics, and more. And we've partnered with Story Toys to bring a new app that will add even more Marvel HQ experiences for families to share. So to tell us more about the edutainment hub, I called up Emmett O'Neill, CEO of Story Toys. Hello, Emmett. Hi, Ryan. Great to meet you. You too. All right. So tell us about the Marvel HQ app, who it's designed for, and what kind of content that we'll find there. Sure. So Marvel HQ, the the app is a really exciting experience. I suppose our goal with it is it actually came about through personal experience. As a parent, I found when I wanted to share my love of Marvel products with my children, there really wasn't a lot of good options for me to do that. uh, everything was kind of aged a little bit too maturely in an interactive games context. I didn't want to, you know, lean into those kind of edgier titles. So I thought, well, you know what? There's there's a gap here. We need something that parents can share with their children and feel good about sharing the content they love with uh, with the children they love. We really wanted to just make something that was, I suppose, it was a little bit for the parents, but obviously it was a big bit for the kids because I also thought, you know, what would I have wanted as a child? As a child that was like a massive comics fan that was drawing all the time, that was, you know, collecting comics. 
what would I have wanted in an app at that point in time? So we basically took those things, those two kind of needs, the parent need, the child need, and tried to bring something that brought those together. So out of that came the, the Marvel HQ app. So inside it, I mean, we've got, as you mentioned, there's there's comics, there's reading content, there's learn to read content. There's lots of exciting videos. Uh, we've got some really fun interactive content in there, too. Like uh, you can play around with the Hulk leading them through mazes. And there's underlying learning for kids in that through coding. There's a Spidey and Friends car chase, lots of puzzle solving all sorts of stuff. But for me, the thing that gets me really excited is the creative content. We've basically got a, a huge range of coloring and uh, creativity content, uh, but appealing to the young version of me, there's like these great uh, learn to draw videos and all these great options for, for basically teaching kids how to draw Marvel characters. So yeah, again, just trying to kind of create something that's like a connection point between kids and parents and allows them to share something. I love it. You know, I have a three and a half year old daughter. So yeah, we need something that we can do here. So all that stuff sounds super, super cool. Now within the app, there are five realms of Marvel HQ, right? Can we go through those and just to a little bit more closely elaborate what each one is? We leaned into this realms idea. There's a kind of a Doctor Strange vibe going on within the user interface. And actually the user interface itself is jam packed full of Easter eggs and fun playable animations. But basically the five realms, we have the play realm, and that's where we have things like the interactive content, such as mazes, such as the racing game and uh, jigsaws and all, all sorts of fun stuff. Then there's the realm where you watch things, which has basically everything from Spidey and Friends through to Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Loads of really, really great video content in there. Then we have the meat realm, which basically is where you meet and learn about all your favorite heroes and villains. Uh, you can test your knowledge with facts about them. There's image archives. And again, it's a growing encyclopedia. So there's a lot of characters in there. You kind of tap on characters and they animate. You get facts, you get all sorts of info on them. But we're, we're growing that. There's like characters going to be added to that. This is going to be a growing and evolving app. So more characters basically will appear every single month. Then you have the reading realm. And in that, you basically, you've got comic books, you've got learn to read superhero stories, and they have word support. So there's basically, there's everything in there from reading content that is about teaching a child to read right the way through to more comic books for kind of more fluent readers. So they're like graded readers and we're supporting everything, I think, from sort of uh, three, four years old to eight plus. And then the creativity realm, as I said, I think of probably leaning into the fact that that might be my favorite one. And, you know, there you color your favorite characters, really powerful coloring tools and tools for people that kind of regardless of their coordination levels, you know, we've got sort of on rails functionality, you know, whereby you, you color within the lines automatically. We've got lots of sort of things so that anyone can produce a really, really lovely piece of art out of this and, and feel proud of it and grow in their self-esteem. But equally, you know, I suspect this will probably wind up getting a, a few of the parents or even adult fans interested because, you know, people really leaned into coloring uh, in the last couple of years. And it's a super relaxing activity that basically there's a pretty sophisticated set of tools in there. As somebody that was an illustrator at one point in time, I've, I've kind of dictated that these needed to be powerful enough that even if you were just, you know, you were an adult going in and wanted to create something, you could create beautiful art in there. Emmett, it all sounds super duper cool. Very excited. Of course, Marvel HQ, as you mentioned, will be frequently updated with new content and is now available worldwide in 13 languages. It's free to download with some content requiring a subscription. Marvel HQ, again, available now on the App Store, Google Play and Amazon. Emmett, thanks a whole bunch. And uh, I'm going to find a way to send you some direct feedback straight from me and my daughter as we start playing. Well, you know, it's only when the app gets out into the hands of kids that we really value all of that feedback and we respond to it. So uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Right on. Thank you, brother. Very, very cool. Now, Angelique, we have even more things to talk about. And this is probably like the biggest news of the flippin' of the floopin' of the flippin'. flarkin' week. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I feel like we also need to get suggestions from everybody else on what we should be saying. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I got very excited knowing that we were gonna have 
a games news to share. I don't know if anybody knows anything about me, but I love games. And this is one of the things me and Ryan have in common. So I'm really excited because you're going to be talking to two of my favorite people, Eric Monicelli and Bill Roseman, about uh, some uh, Spidey news, I hear. Mm-hmm. Freaking cool. Thwip, thwip, everybody. We are very excited because we're talking about Marvel's Spider-Man 2 this week. Very, very excited to do that and can't do it alone. I've brought two of my favorite sweet boys from the Marvel Games team, Bill Roseman. Hi, Bill. Hi, Ryan. How's it going? <laughs> Good. And Eric <laughs> Monticelli. Hi, Eric. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good. Uh, what, you don't like being called sweet boys? No, it's all right. It's nice. Yeah. It's, it's, our, <laughs> it's like, fitting. That's our our street gang name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Out here on the West Coast. We're the Sweet Boys. Like sweet it. Boys with sugar. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, the Sweet Boys are here because, yes, we are talking about Marvel Spider-Man 2. This week, we got the first gameplay of the game revealed during this week's PlayStation Showcase. A ton of new details. Some really cool stuff. So let's kick it off with the big bad that we see throughout all this gameplay. Tell us a little bit about who we see in this and some of the story stuff. Yeah, so first of all, hello, True Believers, and I hope you enjoyed and were perhaps blown away by the uh, the gameplay footage. I know we were. Our awesome collaborators at Insomniac Games, man, they've, over the past few years, just, just been pouring their time, their heart into this game, uh, their amazing skills. So um, we're, we were just so happy to get the, the footage out there. And as you saw, we are smack dab. Uh, in a pursuit of the lizard uh, that our two Spider-Men, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, are both after Kurt Connors, a.k.a. Uh, the lizard, uh, because in the dialogue of the scene, Kurt has something that they need to help their returning friend, Harry Osborn. So this whole scene is about desperately trying to get to the lizard before the lizard is also hunted by people that we can talk about. As with the best Spider-Man stories, it's when the superhero combines with the civilian life. So here we have our costume Spider-Man chasing a crazy lizard, and it's all about trying to save their friend. Uh, and and those are the high stakes that we come to expect in a great Spider-Man adventure. Yeah, and then the, and the beginning, too, at the opening uh, sort of, of the gameplay, you saw another villain. Uh, you saw Kraven the Hunter. Uh, you know, and, and do some pretty ruthless stuff. He was on a, on a little bit of a, a hunt there. That's right. Craven and his team uh, are also hunting the lizard. So you have two kind of groups, if you will, hunting one thing, and they both have very different ideas of what they want to do to the lizard when they catch up to him. So throughout all this, we're seeing, you know, you've, you've got these groups, you've got your Spideys, you've got the villains, it's really cool. But we know we now have all new playable and explorable burrows, which is yes. is fun. Uh, I know uh, expanding the world has got to be super cool for you guys. That's right. When you say New York City is the home of our two Spider-Man, that doesn't just mean Manhattan. So we were so happy to really tap into the really known and beloved backstory of both characters and how much the burrows mean to them and to the readers. And so now we have the lovely borough of Queens that has been created and open for players to explore. That's so central to the story of Spider-Man. The action actually takes place at the Astoria Fish Market. So you'll notice that on the signs. Uh, so writing Astoria Queens there. We're coming at you not with, just with no new story, and new characters, uh, and new places to explore, but also new abilities for the characters you've come to know and love. Yeah, Eric, can you tell us a little bit about those, the abilities, and, and also just like how the suit may seem to change Peter? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think we see the transformation as he pops out of the, you know, that, that cellar in, in the uh, house out of Queens at, at the beginning of the gameplay there and just sort of morphs from the advanced suit, the, the new version, the advanced suit 2.0 into this black suit. And you see the symbiote tendrils just sort of come over, make his silhouette bigger. He just sort of lashes out, slams foes against hard surfaces and pushes them all over the, the environment. And you're going to see a lot of that kind of gameplay, what you can do with the symbiote and sort of having those tendrils attached to the suit as you're going through the game and as you're playing as uh, Peter Parker in the black suit. 
you know, and then we also saw a lot with Miles. Um, you know, Miles has got a lot of new abilities as well, too. You know, halfway through the gameplay, he takes over. Um, you'll see some new gadgets, and, and Peter and Miles have had a couple have so, had some time together to work through some technology. So they have uh, a one new gadget called the Web Grabber, and it sort of like pulls enemies together and sort of isolates them in a spot, so you can take them out together and take them down really quick. You saw the web line, which probably is one of my favorite ones where you can just sort of shoot a line across a, a gap and sort of walk over the line and create your own sort of stealth gameplay by just sort of hanging out over enemies, being quiet, walking along the web line and taking them down, doing a dual takedown too, which is a franchise first, doing those dual takedowns. And then, you know, of course, something that's really, really uh, cool to see is Miles has this new blue sort of power which we call evolve venom and that is uh showcased in a couple different ways we have his thunderburst and his chain lightning um those are you know chaining the lightning together attacking the different it looks like lightning but it's the venom power that sort of chains and affects all the enemies and the thunderburst sort of just ground pounds all the foes so two new things too for just traversal uh, we have the web slingshot sort of you pull the, the webs back and propel and launch spider-man Either Spider-Man can do this into the air and sort of enhances their movements. And then, you know, I know Bill and I have talked about it quite a bit, the web wings, <laughs> one yes. of these new traversal mechanisms. Yes. We took the original inspiration of, as we call them, the web wings that Steve Ditko drew on Spider-Man back in the day and have turned them into, you know, functional gameplay, uh, which is so fun. All this in part capable because we've got the PlayStation 5 and the abilities, and I, I know there's going to be a ton of cool updates to the sound and the look and all that. We'll get into that, I'm sure, in the coming months as we get ready. Uh, but of course, the game Marvel's Spider-Man 2 on track for fall 2023. We're going to be bugging, uh, you get that? Bugging <laughs> the hell out of the two of you as we get closer and closer to that. And uh, it's very exciting, gentlemen. I'm sure you are real hyped to get more Oof. in front of people. Well, Eric, we've been working on this with our friends for, for many a moon. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, it all it goes all the way back to the beginning of the, of the first Marvel Spider-Man game. I mean, seeds were definitely planted there that we had hopes could bloom into other experiences. So just want to say thank you to the great teams that we're working with, the creators at Insom. They're geniuses. They obviously they love Spidey just as much as we do and are pouring themselves into it. They're true craftspeople. And it shows I want to thank our friends at PlayStation Ryan, as you said, we'll, we'll get into it in the future about all the uh, how it will feel to play Marvel Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 5. But I just want to really thank them, thank the cast, and thank the players for coming along with us on this journey that kicked off uh, in 2018. And here we are five years later, and we're now in our third game of the franchise, and it's only getting better. Yeah, everything all our teams are working on is to make this as awesome for the fans as possible. There's a lot more to come, and we're really excited to get it in everyone's hands later this year. Hope that everybody's going to love it. Amen. All right. Thank you, fellas. Uh, next up, uh, but I don't know if you've been watching the news or seeing the announcements, we've got some Eisner Award nominations Ooh. we want to shout out from Marvel because uh, there's a bunch. Yeah. Of course, the Eisner Awards are the, the biggest awards given to the comic book industry. Uh, this is, uh, we're, we're now in the period where the nominations happen, and the winners will be announced at Comic-Con International San Diego in July. And this year is pretty great. Across 32 categories, Marvel Comics uh, titles and talent got 12 nominations. You know what? Let's just run down some of these do it. because it's super cool. We got two nominations for best short story. One is from Moon Knight Black, White, and Blood number four. It's a story by Christopher Cantwell and Alex Linz. And you get it by Jonathan Hickman and Marco Cacchetto in Amazing Fantasy number 1000. Woo! Two nominations for Best Single Issue One Shot, which is super rad. We got another one for Moon Knight Black, White, and Blood number three, which is a great issue. And a nomination for Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond. And this one is super cool because it's by Jed McKay and C.F. Via. The two of them are also the creative team on our brand new Avengers series. So that's a great way to, to sort of usher them into their new title. It's a nice little welcoming party. And mm -hmm. then for Best Continuing Series, we also got two. Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky, Marco Coquetto, and Raphael De La Torre. 
Uh, and then She-Hulk by Rainbow Rowell. <laughs> Roger Antonio, Luca Maresca, and Takeshi Miyazawa. Yeah. Uh, you know what, fam? We are probably going to have Rainbow here on the show again soon. She's the flipping best. Agreed. And then we've got Best Limited Series, Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham, The Silver Age. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. And then Best Cover Artist, yet once again, Jen Bartel and her amazing art and this time for She-Hulk. Yeah. Oh, so wonderful. Now, those were the nominations that Marvel got uh, just on its own. But there's also four Marvel creators who have been nominated for their work across the industry, including stuff they've done for us here at Marvel. So uh, Bad Boy of Comics, Chip Zdarsky is nominated for Best Writer. His Marvel work was Daredevil. Best Cover Artist, one of the goats, Alex Ross. For us, he's done Fantastic Four and Black Panther in the last year. And then we've got Best Coloring, Jordi Belair uh, has done Ant-Man, Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham, The Silver Age. And then Best Lettering, Todd Klein, Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham, The Silver Age, as we've mentioned. But I also got to say, didn't Chip tell you to stop calling him... The bad boy of comics. I feel like this just happened. Never, ever, ever. There we are. The Ryan Panagos I know and love. Screw Chip. He can go to hell. (laughs) And I love him. These are all great, wonderful, wonderful comics. If you've not read any of these nominees, a lot of this stuff is on Marvel Unlimited. You could read Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood, Daredevil, Mm -hmm. She-Hulk, a whole bunch more. So go check them out. Get excited. And again, all the winners will be announced during Comic-Con San Diego in July. And what I love is this is like the tip of the iceberg for some of these creators, right? Like a lot of the folks have done so many incredible things in the Marvel Universe, um, like so many fun things, whether it's a, a mini, an ongoing uh, one shot. Um, and a lot of, again, Marvel Unlimited, check those out because their storytelling is really great. Speaking of storytelling. That's Ooh, my, that's my, good segue. Yeah. Thanks. I, I try. Uh, so the art of storytelling. So Marvel just announced a partnership with Proco, a leading art education resource for aspiring artists, which, you know, I love because getting more artists into the space means our storytelling is richer and bigger. And it's this brand new course called Marvel's The Art of Storytelling. And... Mark your calendars, get that out, pull out your phone, put it on there. It's scheduled for release July 12th. That's right, like literally in like a month and a half. So, you know, for those who don't know, Proco is a hub for artists to improve their skills and connect with a community of like-minded peers and talented mentors, And which is great because the way we stay in this industry and connect and, and have other folks that we learn from is making those connections. And so this collaboration between Proco and Marvel um, is pretty dope. And it's going to feature some of Marvel's amazing folks like you're not going to find anywhere else doing this kind of work and this kind of instruction. Daniel Warren Johnson, Jim Zub, Aletha Martinez, and Sanford Green. Uh, students who are going to take the course are going to learn about nine subjects, how to write stories, pencil and inking techniques, script to page layout, cinematography, and perspective for comics, drawing characters, drawing environments, color theory, and making art comic covers. But like, honestly, like you can't find this anywhere else. It's pretty fantastic. You can go to proco.com slash Marvel. There's a pre-sale right now, 20% off discount, which is super helpful uh, for everybody. Don't miss out on this opportunity. You get to learn from people who are making Marvel comics and stories. Again, that is proco.com slash M-A-R-V-E-L. Angelique, we are celebrating this week. It is Iron Man's quinceanera, 15 years old. Can you believe that Marvel Studios' Iron Man turned 15 earlier this month? Uh, I can, um, but here's the thing. Mm. I only truly care about if there is a quinceanera, (laughs) will there be an actual quinceanera? Like, I want to be real. Like, I truly believe that if we're going to use that word, I need to see a dress. I need to see pictures. There needs to be like party favors and I need a good DJ. I'm just there. (laughs) Alas, we don't have that now, but we do have something really cool because to celebrate the anniversary, the fine folks at Marvel Studios and our Marvel digital production team got Marvel Studios president and Iron Man producer Kevin Feige together with Jon Favreau, director and one of the stars of the MCU's smash debut for a really special chat about the film. Now the full conversation can be seen right now on Marvel's YouTube channel and Marvel.com, but we have a little clip for you right here. Oh, and that tone that you and Robert discovered on that movie, I would say became the template in a way. 
for for much of what the MCU became. It was very consistent with Stan Lee's mm -hmm. um, tone, right. but that tone of a little bit of a fun, a little bit of a subversiveness, but then also a heart and an earnestness to it too, yep. that I think was really, really cool. When the audience opens themselves up to laughter, you can then also yeah. sneak them in with the, with the emotion. Right. Go check that out. The whole thing, it is really, really neat. I guess that was just as good as it actually Even better. So speaking of, how do you segue into scrolls? I don't understand. Um, they are a segue, uh, literally. And they're coming into the Marvel Studios Secret Invasion. And we have new posters. I love new art. Uh, so for those who don't know, Secret Invasion premieres June 21st on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to say it again, just in case. That wasn't clear. June 21st on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so I'm really excited because these brand new character posters look absolutely incredible. And it's just saying that the series has arrived and it's featuring some of our favorite characters, some that may not have been introduced yet. But we've got Fury, Talos, Maria, and Ross. Oh, Everett Ross. But they're not the only ones trying to untangle the truth, which I love this little mystery that we're going to get to delve into. Um, discover character posters from Sonya, Gia, Gravik, Priscilla, Pagan, and James Rhodes, aka Rhodey. I have a true real love for my sweet, sweet war machine. Yeah. True love. So cool. Check all those out and get ready again. June 21st on Disney Plus for the premiere of Secret Invasion. All right. We're going to shift over to comics now with one of the wildest news. Did not expect this this week yeah. because it's time to talk about Rom, 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 Rom. Rom is the greatest of the Space Knights, which means something to a lot of people, may mean nothing to some other people, but it's really freaking cool. And Rom returns to Marvel Comics in all new omnibus collections. Okay. So- this is, I love an omnibus. Look, I'm also angry at everyone at Marvel for not calling these the Romnibuses. <gasps> How it was right there, How everyone. How could you not? It's like perfect. It's right there. It's right there. You just have to put an R on it. Like you even could have done a dash. Like, look, they had time to plan this. Like, for the return of Rom, it would have only been appropriate for these beautiful reprints by the way, that are coming out for the first time in 40 years. Yeah, it's been almost 40 years since Rom has been at Marvel, which is uh. bananas. If you don't know what Rom is or who Rom is, uh, it was a toy line that was turned into an exceptionally popular comic book and, and character. Rom had a, his own solo Marvel series from 1979 to 1985, 75 issues. It was set in the Marvel Comics universe. And like for that period, he was a huge Marvel star. Like if you talk to people who are reading comics at that time, Rom was one of those key books that they were reading. And he crossed over with the Avengers, Fantastic Four, the X-Men. He battled Galactus, the Skrulls, all kinds of stuff. Um, there were great stories by Bill Mantlo and Sal Buscema, tons of other things. So what we're doing now is reprinting these for the first time ever mm. in ROM, the original Marvel Years Omnibus. The volume one will be on sale January 2024, and there's going to actually be a special variant cover of the Omnibus oh, in wow. addition to, of course, the classic original number one cover, which was by Frank freaking Miller. We know um, how you love Frank Miller, but also let's like say how like cool it is and unique it is that an Romnibus is getting a variant cover. And it's not just any variant cover. There's an unpublished piece of George Perez Rom art that we got from the Legends Estate. So George Perez's estate are allowing us to use this piece as the variant cover for the, the Romnibus Volume 1. It's so cool. And on top of that, so let's say, all right, an Omnibus is a big, big book. It's yes. probably going to be a hefty price tag. If you've never read these, you may be like, I don't know. But... If you want to get a taste of what is in store, you can pick up a facsimile edition of ROM number one this September. So you sample that first issue, see if you want more, then boom, you can pre-order your Romnibus for January. I think that's a good plan. I'm actually really excited for ROM. I'm excited for people to uh, delve into this, but also see the incredible art. But you know what else I'm excited about, Ryan? What's that? I, I love this. I am, I'm about to say this, and I wish I had uh, Meg the Stallion's voice to say it. It is Hot Immortal Boy Summer. That's right. Immortal Thor number one is coming in August, and let me tell you, 
There is nothing hotter than something written by Al Ewing, one, because I am a big fan, but also with art by Martin Cocolo. Al Ewing, in an interview, literally said, uh, it was on Polygon, shout out, doors are indeed opening, buried secrets are waiting to be unearthed, and ancient gods, elder gods, if you will, are coming to bring trial and sorrow to earth, Asgard, and Thor personally, and he's going to need to be his absolute highest self to face them. And even then, he may not make it through. The omens are sinister. The storm is at the gate. You like you like that? It was really good. Now, also, close your eyes and imagine it's Al Ewing saying that in his deep northern Oof. English like way, and it sounds even more ominous and cool. I love it. So uh, for those who don't know, uh, Martin is a Stormbreaker artist and has done some Thor stories for the Banner of War crossover with Hulk and recently launched the new and terrific Deadpool comic book. Uh, He's fantastic. And, um, you know, for those who want to hear like more from Martin, check out uh, Ryan. I think he was just on pull list uh, with Mm -hmm. y'all. And, you know, he's talking about Immortal Hulk and which was written also by Al Ewing. Uh, You can find that episode from April 25th and, you know, go to that store. Put Immortal Thor number one on that pull list. It's on sale on August 23rd. That's right. August 23rd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got more August stuff to talk about because it's the return of the Pet Avengers. <laughs> but it, it's not the Pet Avengers. We're not calling them the Pet Avengers. Look, we're, we're just in spirit. They're the Pet Avengers because uh, the team is literally the Pet Avengers team, but it's called Marvel Unleashed, and it's written by Kyle Starks, who I believe was just nominated for another Eisner Award, and it's art by Jesus Herbas, and it'll tell this, uh, as we say, a hair-raising tale filled with friendship, ferocity, and fur-flying fights when Craven the Hunter abducts Black Bolt's teleporting dog Lockjaw. At the same time, a local scientist mixed up with AIM goes missing, Throg, the Frog of Thunder, Redwing the Falcon, Chewie the Cat Flurkin, Lucky the Pizza Dog, Bats the Ghost Dog, and their scrappy new ally, D-Dog, will swoop in to save the day. All right, so it's not exactly the Pet Avengers lineup. There's no Miss Lion, and Bats (sighs) is a new addition, but still, big Pet Avengers vibes. Also, Lockjaw. Like, you had me at Lockjaw, and, you know... Then you threw in Lucky the Pizza Dog. But also, let's be real. At this moment, hearing you read that just makes me jealous of bedtime stories with your daughter. Because I feel like they are incredible. Um, yeah, I got to start bringing some some kids comics to it. Before we forget, speaking of comics that you're going to have to read to our sweet, 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 sweet baby, who is clearly going to go to MIT. Um, <laughs> Marvel Unleashed number one is also on sale August 23rd. Man, that's going to be a busy day. Yeah. Okay, so that's going to be awesome. What also is awesome is a a crossover called Contest of Chaos. Chaos is always awesome, especially Mm -hmm. when it's, you know, in the comics. So, crafted by writer Stephanie Phillips, Contest of Chaos will be an interconnected saga told across eight thrilling annuals starting in when? August. August. <laughs> Featuring the writing and art of various all-star industry talent, each Contest of Chaos annual will spotlight an intense showdown between two characters as the forces of chaos compel them to go head to head. Throughout the eight oversized issues, Phillips and artist Alberto Fauché will reveal more and more of Agatha's twisted scheme in bonus backup stories. There's a lot of chaos and mystery and mischief that is going to be happening this summer. Yeah. So, Angelique, I want to run through these really quickly because there's eight issues. Six of the issues have matchups between (gasps) two heroes. And I want to get your immediate take on those matchups. Who do you think will win as we go through them? Obviously, the Contest of Chaos prelude is only in a month. That's on sale June 21st. And that sets things up with Agatha and, and Wanda and everything. But then we dive into the annuals starting in August with Spider Man annual. And it's Spider Man versus Wolverine. Who wins? Skit, skit. Uh, <laughs> that's Wolverine for anyone who doesn't speak snicked. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man annual has Iron Man versus Storm. Uh, Storm. Yeah. Fantastic Four annual is Ghost Rider versus Human Torch. Ooh, Ghost Rider. Moon Knight annual has Moon Knight versus Taguki, who is the leader of Tiger Division. 
Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to go with Moon Knight just mm-hmm. because there's a lot of Moon Knight to go around. Yes. Uh, Spider Gwen Annual has Ghost Spider versus White Fox. I'm going to put my bet on White Fox on this one. Ooh. Venom Annual has Venom versus Deadpool. Deadpool's just not going to stop, so that's 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 an easy one for me. And X-Men Annual has Captain Marvel versus Cyclops. You know how I feel about Cyclops. Captain hmm. Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all wraps up uh, at the end with the big finale in Avengers Annual. That's on sale in September. So this is going to be a really fun thing going from really June into September. So go check it out. If you want the full creative teams and everything, check it out on Marvel.com. Ah, I love it. And then after you do that, you need to go get your tickets for the D23 Hellfire Gala at San Diego Comic-Con. Yo, people have been talking about this already. Mm -hmm. Marvel and D23, the official Disney fan club, are cordially inviting you to the first ever real-life X-Men Hellfire Gala. Y'all, I don't know about you, I want to attend a a real hellfire gala and you know there's no need to actually like find the gate to the island of Krakoa like you know as the green carpet literally will take place at San Diego Comic Con 2023 it's gonna be right there yeah. You don't have to have actual mutant powers to go. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. This is celebrating this year's Hellfire Gala in the comics, plus 60 years of X-Men that we're celebrating all year long. And we want folks to dress up in the best superhero, super-powered style, bring your mutant fashion to the gala if you go. It's going to be very cool. There's going to be, I'm, I'm sure... Lots of paparazzi there, ready to take everybody's pictures. It's a really cool thing. It's taking place Saturday, July 22nd at Park Nightclub in San Diego. It's a it's an evening event, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. So go have fun all day at Comic-Con, then get ready and go party the night away at the Hellfire Gala. It, it's going to be wild. The tickets are on sale now at d23.com for D23 members. Check out more on marvel.com, on d23.com. And this is a 21 and over event, of course, so keep that in mind if you're going to get your tickets. I want people to have the best time here. Well, Ryan, and this is the thing, like after years of doing the Marvel uh, cosplay contest, Mm -hmm. like I've seen so many incredible, like put together fashionable variations of like X-Men costumes, but also like we've had cosplayers come in and literally just create their own gowns inspired by their favorite X-Men. So y'all know you have it in your closet. Just, (laughs) Just take it out, get those tickets and go. And then when you go, because, you know, we wanna make sure it's there, make sure you're using the hashtag X-Men Hellfire Gala, cause I'm gonna wanna see all of these beautiful styles. Hell yeah. Cause what is a Hellfire Gala without dope fashion? I don't want to spoil anything for this year's Hellfire Gala. We'll leave oh. it at that. Oh, he's got secrets. Oh, yeah. Ryan and your secrets. Speaking of Ryan and his secrets, Ryan, mm. Marvel's Pool List podcast. Yeah. Um, talk to us. What's coming up, man? So this week on the show, which is our show every week about all the new Marvel comics on sale, we had three picks for our favorite books, Fury number one, Hellcat number three, and Thor number 34. Four, some great dang issues right there. Uh, you can find out why we pick them when you listen to the show. And and we had a reading club this week with Jess, who is also known as Female Peter Parker on social media. She's a social media content creator on Instagram and TikTok. She's a, a huge Spider-Man Peter Parker enthusiast. And it was really cool because she joined us for a reading club to discuss Moon Knight, the Midnight Mission. And then she also did her like what she does on her social media marvel comics reading club to talk about that book but it was was really fun we had a special guest by the the way of jed mckay who is the writer of the book joined us to chat about the book for a little while it's a really great comic if you've never read it it's on marvel unlimited go check it out go check out at female peter parker as well uh of course with marvel's pull list new episodes out every tuesday which is perfect timing before you go to your comic book shop for new comic book day on wednesday listen on the sirius xm app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts So before we wrap up on our news here, we wanted to say that we're deeply saddened by the passing of Ray Stevenson. Um, 
You know, Ray brought humor and wit to the character of Volstag. Um, he's also just a wonderful actor who will be deeply missed. And, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with his family and loved ones. And, you know, I know folks will feel the impact. Yeah, he will be missed. All right, coming up before Lorraine went on summer break, she and I had a chance to sit down with Mike Mulvihill from Robinsberger to talk about Marvel Villainous. So stay tuned to hear about that and our big Robinsberger sweepstakes. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You are listening to This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos. And I'm Angelique Roche. Hey, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Okay, so again, uh, as I mentioned before, Lorraine uh, went on summer break. We got to sit down and talk with Mike Mulvihill, who is the game development manager at Robinsberger, which is a game and toy company. We talked to him about his love of Marvel, but most importantly, really getting into the uh, Marvel villainous line of games. They are super fun, super cool. There's a ton of passion and deep Marvel cuts in these games. So let's hear from Mike right now. Lorraine, usually I'm the most villainous part of our show, but <laughs> today we are delighted to welcome Mike Mulvihill, who is the villainous game line developer for Ravensburger Games. Hello, Mike. Hi, good morning. We're so excited to have you here to get into some mischief, some mayhem. Um, some baddie badness, we and hope. Some infinite power, if you will. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but first we want to know, are you a Marvel comic fan? What's your Marvel origin story? How did you first encounter the stories, characters, comics, whatever? <laughs> okay, so from a personal thing, I will state that there is basically, I seem to parallel the life of Spider-Man. Uh, and have been reading him and uh, have collections. Right now, I have probably 60,000 comic books in paper form yes. um, at home uh, of various brands and things. But Marvel was my first and giant love from very early being able to collect and read, getting the Spider-Man comics. I think I think I have an entire run of Web of Spider-Man from back in the day, but I am a huge Marvel fan. And it's technically the second time that I've been involved with a Marvel game. Uh, I was one of the creators of the Marvel Hero Clicks game when that was done a while ago. So this is my second game foray, if you will, into the Marvel Universe. Um, so I can't be more thrilled. It's like a bucket list item to be able to say that I've worked on, you know, one of the most incredible long-term storyline pieces of fiction in human history. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Obviously you are a man of taste. Uh, <laughs> you, you've read many, many, many things. Um, and clearly understand storytelling in a great way. What brought you over to games and gaming? And what were your favorite games that pulled you in? The link from games to comics is kind of interesting. I started by working in role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games. I was the lead line developer for many years through a couple of editions of the Shadowrun role-playing game. If you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, I started to get a kind of a reputation as a person who could work on multiple game types and styles. So when I moved from FASA to WizKids, it was a natural for me to work on the, the Heroclix game. So I started there and now I you know, added another game and game type, a collectible model. Uh, from there, I started to do other games and other types of games. So not just collectible, but some board games. I did some independent work and ended up at EA for a little while um, because of my ability to basically work on any kind of game. And basically during that time, I, I realized I was a developer. I mean, I, I can invent games and make my new games, but my joy was making games better, fixing games, creating games helping somebody get a game from point A to point Z, i.e. the shelf. And when Ravensburger uh, decided that they wanted to create a North American game division, I was lucky enough to get brought in and then became the first of their game developers here in North America. Well, let's get into the villainous games. 
Marvel villainous. There's been several iterations of this. There's Disney villainous. There's Star Wars villainous. There's Marvel villainous. How did Marvel villainous come about? And what are some of the basics on how you play if someone has never played it before? Oh, of course. So villainous, for those who don't understand, is you are playing a villain. The game is what we would call asynchronous, meaning that the villain that you choose and the villain that I choose, we actually have different goals. Um, That is very much steeped in one in all of the traditions that we're talking about, but it's a kind of a unique gameplay. So, for instance, Venom may be how do I defeat Spider-Man, but Loki may be how much mischief can I cause? And those are two totally different game parameters. But the end game is whoever can achieve their goal first is the villain of all villains, the best villain there is. And that's the goal of the game. How do I do my villainy faster than all the other villains? (laughs) Uh, To that end, what you start with is a, a little board. Um, that has four locations on it. The locations are taken directly from their stories. We try to match them with a kind of a, almost a story in and of themselves. If you look at the locations, you can go, oh, I get this. This is the story of Loki. This is the story of Thanos. And you kind of get that from their locations. And each location, there's four of them, has a handful of actions, somewhere between two and four actions that you can take. So you move your little very cool sculpted figure. If people haven't seen them, they're insanely cool. And you move them to a location. And in that location, you take your actions. Um, The actions are simple. Play cards, attack other heroes that are trying to block you from doing your things, collect more power, power being the economy of the game. And that is your turn. When your turn is over, you've done your actions, it goes to the next villain. The cool part of the game, the game where we get the most joy is that the cards, while maybe seeming the same, are very different in both their art and their mechanics and their name. I think one of the other things I wanted to make sure we touch on is who can play this and like sort of the number of players you, you could have in a game, the age ranges, because so it's a great family game or group of friends game, or even if it's just two of you, you can play this. Yes, it is, in fact, a two to four player game. You can play one with more, but it's really becomes too long of a game at that point, too much downtime, too much going around the table. So we recommend two to four players. Marvel is 12 plus. The other thing is, is that one of the things that we try to do because of that level of storytelling is we want you to play as if you're the villain. Everybody tends to play games like, oh, I'm going to beat the game and the uh, opponent. But in this game, we found that players who like embrace the villain So in the newest set, there's Doc Ock, and Doc Ock has, uh, his goal is to achieve a bunch of schemes to prove he's the giant mastermind of the universe, perfectly within his storyline. If you play like you're a scheming jerk, you will just so enjoy the game because you're manipulating other players, you're playing cards that allow you to manipulate this and that. But if you sit there and fight him, like, oh, I always play straight up, you know, combat, you're going to, you may win, you're going to probably not, and then you're going to be upset that the game doesn't do what you want. And what we try to tell people is, dude, embrace your villain. Come on. You know, where you're <laughs> Doc Ock, play Doc Ock, play, you know, Modoc, play Titania. You know, Titania just wants to punch things. Play her and punch things. And once you kind of get into the mindset of the villain, the game is so much more fun. There are so many great characters, and obviously you um, love a Marvel comic, so you're well-versed in the Marvel canon. How do you choose which characters to feature? I mean, there are four different sets. We'll get into those. But how do you choose which characters you want to use? Because there's so many great ones to choose from. (laughs) Very, very true. So there's a handful of decisions that are sometimes a little bit more marketing side than game design side. But our first one is always whoever's in the set, the number one character, the box cover character, if you will, needs to be so iconic that people can see who it is from their portrait. So the first four was obviously Thanos was real easy to do on our on our first box. And there was Loki, uh, Doc Ock, same thing, and Venom, the same. Those are really iconic. When you see them on the shelf, you go, oh, my God, is that Venom? And there are lots of boxes to choose from. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because 
it started out right with infinite power, and then you we also have mischief and malice, and we are venom and and, and twisted ambitions, which is the most recent one. I'm curious, and, and I think it might be helpful for fans to understand how are they all related? Or do they work together? Is it all separate? I, I see the term expand alone um, is used by Revensberger. So curious how if you could just go into that a little bit. Sure. So in the initial infinite power, there are five characters. Because of the way the game is structured, like I said, you're trying to achieve your specific villain objective. You can pick Killmonger and play Killmonger against Thanos and Ultron and Hela, and basically in the, in that main box. But an expand alone gives you three more villains. All those villains are interchangeable. So if you, I love playing Killmonger, is your mantra, you can now play Killmonger against Loki. He didn't come in the main box. Everything's there for Loki's character to do what Loki wants to do. You uh, add Loki's handful of direct uh, opposition heroes to the main hero deck, and then you just play against Loki. The same thing is if uh, you then say, oh my god, I can't believe Doc Ock's in the game. I want to play Doc Ock. Doc Ock can go against any of the villains. It's totally modular in that way. Think about it more like if you were playing a video game and you downloaded some DLC that had a few new characters in it. All you're really doing is basically expanding the pool of choices. It doesn't limit you. You can't say, oh, you can't play Thanos against this character because that doesn't work. There's no exclusionary. It's all inclusive. So the expand alone means you can play it by itself. It's got three characters in it, so we can sit down and crack open Tangled Ambition and play it just fine. Or you can say, no way, dude, I play Thanos in every game. I'm going to play Thanos against, you know, Doc Ock and Kang and whatever. I think all of these decks, except for the single character expansion for We Are Venom, you can play on its own. You can play them together. You can mix and mingle your characters. But also, you know, each one of these packets... Or, or products seems to have its own sort of theme, like obviously infinite power, mischief and malice. Could you run down the four different packs and talk a little bit about what the theme of them is and how they work together? Villainous Infinite Power is the main box uh, that you'll see. It has got Thanos, Hela, Ultron, Killmonger, and Taskmaster. The main basis behind that and the story behind that, like I said, is almost based more in the Common Fate deck, which was who are the top Avenger villains in public consciousness right now? So this set was set up to be, hey, the Avengers are the hottest property in the world. We're going to go back through and pick these Avenger villains, and we're going to tell their stories in our game. So that was our first foray uh, because we felt it was the strongest to get both the fans and then the new fans into uh, the villainous property. The second set is Mischief and Malice. That has got Loki as the cover character. It's got Madame Mask as the, the second character. And then the third character is Modok. Again, a fan favorite. And with that set, the goal there was to show the width of villainous mechanics. Uh, Venom, we wanted to do solo, and then we wanted to do that twist, like I said, by creating a hero version or hero cards for Venom to kind of show that we understood his growth and introduce Spider-Man and do a bunch of really cool stuff. And then the lowest one, as we've been talking about, is Twisted Ambitions. It's got Doc Ock on the cover and Titania, one of my secret hidden all-time favorite villains, and then King. The fate deck in Mischief and Malice was shield-orientated. We just thought that there were a lot of cool characters there, and a lot of them had crossed over in various ways with the three characters. We went with kind of a New York theme for the core deck, so it's got all the Spidey variants for the Doc Ock storylines, and then uh, like Doctor Strange and a couple of other New York-centric heroes. As, as we're finishing up, anything you can tease, talk about for the future of Marvel Villainous or even just the, your, the other Villainous products that you got going on? Because you're just so excited and it's so exciting and they're fun and they're cool and we want all the more. We have lots of really cool plans. We had a big meeting where we kind of discussed the future and who we want and who we would love to do. The other things that I should state uh, that there are Marvel villainous puzzles, thousand piece puzzles that are using the artwork from the game as it's the puzzle basis. They're very, very cool. And then I think with uh, Twisted Ambitions, 
Uh, we will be doing some uh, like one-to-one, like where we got the art or story idea from comics moving forward. I believe it's going to be called, uh, there's going to be like a, a hashtag art of villainous campaign that we're going to be doing on our various social medias so that you can see why we use the picture. My One of my all-time favorites is just, is Loki laid there, you know, uh, on the ground with his arms and, and legs splayed with the uh, Thor hammer on his chest and he's saying I'm not dead is the name of the card because it's just so iconic. There's also a frog Thor that we love to do. But um, uh, with the new set, there's a lot of little hidden Easter eggs, specifically with Kang and with Titania from their comics. So we'll be doing that in the future. And then I just, you know, please play and enjoy it and have fun because uh, I think the games are really cool. Well, we'll definitely keep our eyes over at Ravensburger NA on social medias for some of that cool art and backstory behind it. And of course, everyone, go find the latest Marvel Villainous Expandalone on Amazon or at your local comic shop or game shop or snag the exclusive Chrome Doc Ock Mover at Target while supplies last. Go get it. Um, Super cool. And thank you so much, Mike, for spending some time with us today. Uh, This was awesome. Thank you for inviting me. I mean, as you can tell, I love talking comics. I love talking Marvel. We could have like three, four sessions about just marvel in general um and i love villainous it's the one of the prides of my life to be able to make this game and to continue it and to like do things that both surprise and and keep the fans on their toes i thank you i seriously this was awesome yeah you know thanks mike one of the coolest things was this whole thing started because one of our listeners sent us an email saying how much they loved playing villainous and with a picture of, of her and her kid. So shout out to Heather and Fiona and Nolan for helping us to make this happen. That's awesome. That was Mike Mulvihill from Robinsburger Games. Uh, of course, you want to find the latest Marvel Villainous Expand Alone on Amazon or your local comic slash game shop. You can also snag the exclusive Chrome Doc Ock Mover at Target while supplies last. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the there's you know there's the Marvel Villainous games, but there's a ton of Villainous games. Every time I go to Target, I see them. So go check them out or support your local comic and game shop and buy them there. Oh, I love it. Also, love a good, good, good Dr. Octavius. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. One of the best villains. Yeah. Um, so, the Ravensburger sweepstakes. Sit that conversation with Mike really got you interested in Marvel Villainous games. Hooray, hooray, hooray. But maybe you're interested in a chance to win one of them. Ooh. We've teamed up with Marvel Insider to present the Ravensburger sweepstakes presented by This Week in Marvel. It's now your chance to dominate the Marvel Universe as an iconic villain in Ravensburger's Marvel Villainous card game. Villains include Thanos, Hela. Ultron, Loki, Venom, Doc Ock, and more. Um, depending on the game version, uh, Modoc is in the games. And uh, the- that was your opportunity to say Modoc in this show. I was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. I was really, I mean, I feel like there's never going to be anything that we do together or you do in life where you don't mention your sweet, precious Modoc. Truly. Uh, now, with the sweepstakes, the grand prize includes all four games marvel villainous infinite power marvel villainous mischief and malice marvel villainous we are venom and the special edition of marvel villainous twisted ambitions with all the boxes signed by the marvel villainous product development team which includes lead designer mike mulvahill and art directors jake bryce and chris buckley and don't worry, if you don't get the grand prize, six second prize winners will each receive the special edition of Marvel Villainous Twisted Ambitions, Ooh, I love the title. which includes an exclusive chrome Dr. Octopus Mover. Each box is signed by the Marvel Villainous product development team, lead designer Mike Mulvihill, and art directors Jake Bryce and Chris Buckley. To enter for a chance to win, visit marvel.com slash Ravensburger Sweepstakes. The Sweepstakes opens at 10 a.m. today, Friday the 26th, and runs for two weeks until Friday, June 9th. You may enter every day, but the Sweepstakes is open only to Marvel Insider members 18 years or older. No purchase necessary. For more information and official rules, visit marvel.com slash Ravensburger Sweepstakes. And you know what? Good luck. Mm-hmm. And that's a long URL. It's R A V E N S B U R G E R 
S-W-E-E-P-S-T-A-K-E-S. We'll put the link also in our show notes. Yeah. I also <laughs> so feel like you should have had like um pom-poms. Pom-poms? R-A-V-E-N. Like, I just would have been great. B. Or- aggressive. B. 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 Aggressive. aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, community, <laughs> aka this week in messages. I'm so excited to be here for this because yes. y'all get the. Oh wait, we get the best messages. Yeah, oh, we man. do. Super fun. Team. Now, Thanks so much. Um, before we get into our messages for this week, next week our guests are Joaquin dos Santos, Justin K. Thompson, and Kemp Powers, the directors of Spider-Man Across the Spider Verse. I got to chat <sighs> with them. They are true triple D's, ding dang delights. It was a wonderful chat. Can't wait for everybody to hear that. And so thinking of that, Angelique, our question of the week for next week will be, which new Spider-Verse character are you most excited to see in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? Oh, oh, that's so hard. There's so many. Because there's there's ones that have the, the posters. So you got like Miguel O'Hara and Jessica Drew, which are amazing. There's, you know, Ben Riley. They they made a poster for Spider-Cat, which is delightful. Because uh, um, Spider-Cat is the MVP. Angelique, you have to pick one. Get off the fence. Oh, Spider-Cat. There you go. Boom. Um, <laughs> having seen it all, it's hard for me to pick. I will say uh, Ben Riley and... And some that haven't been shown before. I was about to say, I also can only say Spider-Cat because I feel like there are going to be more. We talk a little bit about it with the directors that you'll hear next week. So it'll be fun. Of course, we want to hear from all of you. So you can tweet your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twinpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. Please make sure to tell us it's okay to read Twim on the show so we can read it on the show. Uh, so last week, y'all asked a question. The question of the week was, which Marvel villain would you want to be and why? Over on Twitter, Karis Pollard at hey, Karis Pollard tweeted, I think that the one I'd want to be is Mystique. Changing the way I look is something I'd find very appealing. Not sure I'd want to use it for villainy or heroism just for myself. Ooh, Mystique is such a great one. And also, yeah. like, she's not always a villain. She's like, That's what I was about to say. Like, I never really thought of Mystique as a villain. I just felt like her, she's aligned differently. Yes. Moving soon at PPCC land, I'd be Magneto. Also, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he's been through so much solely for existing, and it shows through the pain and the anger that shines through his actions. He's compassionate for his kind, yet cruel to those who hurt him and the people he loves. He also has really strong convictions, which makes for a great villain. Yeah, for sure. Next Cypher Productions at Next Cypher Pro tweeted, If I could step into the shoes of a Marvel villain, I would choose Loki. His cunning intellect, mischievous nature, and complex character arc makes him a captivating antagonist. Plus, who wouldn't want a taste of that glorious godly mischief? I mean, Mm. exactly. Yeah. And from Joe Maximoff, Joe Mark Magbanua, uh, I would be the Darkhold manipulated Scarlet Witch because for once I want to do something for myself. I want to give myself the happy ending I deserve to be selfish for once and have what I've always wanted. Even if it's fleeting, I would risk it all. Ooh, I like that. Cosmo Satogiri at Joyce7D said, I will be the high evolutionary because I want to create animals that have intelligence. Also, Cosmo, you want to be the cruelest, meanest yeah. villain. Like, oof, that's a choice. Wow. I respect it. Man. I mean, go for it. If you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. Must two at the must two. Bullseye. If I was bullseye, I could conquer the world <laughs> with a toothpick. No infinity gems required. <laughs> oh, man. How did the world fall? A toothpick. Hey, not wrong. All right. We got some emails. We got one from JC who says, hi, Twim crew. The Marvel villain I would be would probably be Tombstone. If I'm going to be a villain, I want to be someone under the radar so I can carry out my plans with little interruption from the infinite superheroes around New York. Also, Tombstone has some level of respect and honor when it comes to Spidey and Robbie Robertson. And I would have a daughter to take care of, which makes me more likable. Seems like a pretty sweet gig for a bad guy. Keep on being amazing. Love the show. JC, that is one of the best answers. Not expected at all. But to say he is under the radar, he's like a seven foot tall, like concrete white. Yes. With like. Wearing a suit. 
wearing a suit with pointed, filed down teeth. Yes. That, that's not that under the radar, but I appreciate it. Also, I just love Tombstone's like earlier appearances too. Like it's just, I'm frightened. And he whispers, oh yes. man, just the best. Weird in a good way. Email from Paul Warren. I almost went with Julius Caesar, but I'll pick Molecule Man. Besides being pretty overpowered, I love his arc in the 1985 Secret Wars, where he grew from being dependent on his therapist and on Doom's commands to falling in love with Volcana and their relationship inspiring him to think for himself. You know, I love a good independent villain. Yeah. Moving on to uh, one email from our pal Joe Hoffman. Um, We're going to read just a part of it, Joe. Thank you for your wonderful long emails. He says, Dear Ryan, James, Lorraine, and Angelique, I hope you are all doing well. And Lorraine, I hope you enjoy your summer vacation. I hope you get plenty of R&R and we'll look forward to hearing you again on TWIM when you return in the fall. Also, welcome to TWIM, Angelique. I'm a major fan of the other Marvel podcasts that you're on, Marvel's Voices and Women of Marvel, and it will be marvelous to hear you hanging out with Ryan this summer. Hope you enjoy your stay at the TWIM desk. In answer to the question of the week, what Marvel villain would you like to be and why? My answer has to be none of them because I'm not really into villains. For me, the incredible male and female superheroes who work to protect us on Earth and throughout the reaches of the galaxy are where it's at. Oh. I really love this. That was such a good... Okay. All right. Shout out to Mahika Garb, who answered questions from a few weeks back. Uh, She's been busy with exams and catching up on the show. I got to say, whew, good luck. Hope hope those went well. Her favorite part of Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania was... Every second of Paul Rudd's humor. Uh, Scott Lang will always be my spirit animal, and this movie gave me everything I've been waiting for since Ant-Man and the Wasp. And if she had Kang's powers, I would probably want to personally see the inception of the first super soldier and the first Avenger, a.k.a. Captain America. Wouldn't it be crazy to be in the room where Steve Rogers became Captain America? I would also be in the presence of Peggy as well. It sounds perfect to me. Also, shout out that you're excited about being in the room with the brilliance that is Peggy Carter. All right. We got an email here from Antonio. And Antonio says, if I could be any Marvel villain, I'd be Purple Man slash Killgrave. Or at least have his powers. I know his powers are super creepy and he uses them to be horrendous. And I've gotten in plenty of arguments with friends about this, but I was used those powers for good. Antonio continues saying, imagine being able to tell all world leaders to stop spreading hatred and violence and to behave like loving humans instead. And they would actually listen to you. Sure, Jessica Jones might beat me up. And sure, Steve Rogers would tell me that free will is important or whatever, but I still think it's worth a shot. Failing that, looking and sounding like David Tennant would be a nice consolation prize. Angelique, you were crunching your face up as I was reading that one. (laughs) One, uh, I'm just like, oh, I don't know if that's going to work. But two, I was just like, all right, I get it. You're okay to get your face smashed in a couple times by Jessica Jones for the sake of the free world. If if it's considered to be free at that point um but definitely saved it with the whole david Tennant thing i'm 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 a fan i appreciate the sentiment antonio but unless you are like the purest person ever this is your villain origin story right here (laughs) (laughs) but i like it's a great answer though fantastic answer uh, thank you for writing absolute power corrupts absolutely that's Mm -hmm. all i gotta say Also, thanks to Carly for the Facebook message about uh, Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and everybody else who reached out this week. But we are running out of time. We got to go. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Cara McGurk, Allison, Isabel Robertson, Ryan Panagos, and Angelique Roche. Our senior manager, audio production and development, is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Angelique for being here and being awesome. Aw, special thanks to you for just being you, Ryan Panagos. Do what I can. All right, that's it. I'm Ryan. I'm Angelique. This is Marvel. Your universe. We did it!